0: We meet today in Psalm 150, the final chapter of the Psalms. It is the grand finale of the Hallelujah Chorus with choir and orchestra, if you like. Here is Psalm 150, verse 1 to verse 6. I will read the whole psalm at one go and then talk about some of the things that are in this psalm. It is a wonderful psalm just to read at one go. It begins this way. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to talk about this psalm and try to answer some of the important questions. The first question I would like to ask is, what is worship? Now, as we consider the subject of worship, we must first consider the object of worship. This will require that we answer in a general sort of a way the question, what is worship? To do this, we shall deal with one statement found in Psalm 150. That statement is, praise the Lord. In this first aspect, the emphasis is on praise The Lord. The Lord is the object of worship. So the emphasis is on the Lord. The Psalms put the emphasis upon two things, by the way. The fact that he is the creator and the fact that he is the redeemer. God made this earth on which we live, as well as the whole universe. This lovely sunshine that you are enjoying is his, my friend. He is the creator. There is not a thing at your fingertips today that he did not make. He is worthy of our worship because he is the creator. He is worthy of our worship because he is the redeemer. He is the only creator. There are no two creators. He is the only redeemer. We do not have multiple redeemers. There is no name given under heavens whereby we must be served. You see, God works in a field where he has no competition at all. He has a monopoly on the field of creation and even on the field of redemption. Because of this, he claims all of his creatures they are washed. He demands that all of His creatures worship Him, they adore Him, and they praise Him. He has created us for Himself. He has redeemed us for Himself. And on the human level, marriage is even used to illustrate the believer's relationship to Christ. A husband, if he loves his wife, does not share her with other men. No, he is jealous of her. Her love is to be for Him alone. So believers, called in the scriptures, the bride of Christ, are created solely for God. He alone is to have our adoration. He alone is to have our praise. You will recall that John, when he was on the island of Patmos, he felt constrained to fall down and worship the angel who has been so helpful in bringing all the revelations before him. But the angel rebuked him and said, Do not do it to me. Worship God. Revelation 22 verse 9. You see, the angel does not want even to be worshipped. God does not want even angels to be worshipped. He does not want Mary to be worshipped, no. He does not want idols to be worshipped. He does not want people to worship other people. He wants none worshipped but himself. He alone is worthy of worship. And scriptures say, there is coming a day when everything that has breath will praise the Lord. He has created everything that it might praise him. Worthy of worship, worthy of praise, worthy of honor, worthy of bowing and bending of knees, worthy of adoration, is God Almighty. Now, that is what is worship. But who is to worship? Well, God is the object of worship. But this question follows. Who can worship? The psalmist says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, In verse 6 of Psalm 150, the emphasis now is upon the people, everything that has breath. And in the King James Version, not the New King James Version, it would say, praise ye, the Lord. The emphasis coming on ye. Or you. He is saying now many kind are to praise the Lord. You praise the Lord many kind. God apparently created man for the purposes of fellowship with him, and that men might praise him. There is no other reason for men's existence, my friend. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. God created the universe that it might glorify Him. It was not brought into existence for you and me. In the ages past, how far back we do not know. But Job said, When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job 38, verse 7. You see, what were they doing? They were praising God. And the psalmist said, For the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Psalm 96 verse 5 He made the heavens that they might be a musical instrument to sing praises to him throughout the eternal ages of the future. Although man was created for that high purpose, he got out of harmony, he got out of tune with God, he got out of fellowship with him. Today, you and I are living in a created universe that is actually singing praises to God. But it's not the universe that's out of tune. Do you know who is out of tune? Man is out of tune. Man is in discord. God's great purpose to bring man back into harmony of heaven then began. And he decided to send his son Jesus Christ so that men might be brought back into tune. Now let us move on into the realm of music. I am reliably informed that on every good pipe organ there are four principal stops. There is the main stop known as the diapason. Then there is the flute stop. Another which is known as the string stop. And then that which is known as the vox. Humana, or the human voice now I am told that the vox humana stop is very seldom in tune if you put it in tune while the auditorium is cold it will be out of tune when the auditorium is heated and if you put it in tune when the auditorium or the place where it is situated is heated it would be out of tune when that place gets cold my beloved It is hard to keep that part in tune, the vox humana, the voice of man. Now, this great universe of God is a mighty musical instrument. Everything else is tuned well. Guess who is out of tune? Man. One day Jesus Christ went to the console of God's great organ his creation, and he pulled out the stop that is known as the diaspora. When he did this, the solar and the stellar pipes broke into mighty song. Then he reached over and pulled out the flute stop, and these little uh, feathered friends, well, called the birds, began to sing. Then he reached out to pull the strings stop, Light went humming across God's universe. The angels lifted their voice in praise. Then he reached over and pulled out the vox humana. But it was out of tune. The great organist was not only a musician. He knew how to repair the organ. So he left the console of the organ up in heaven, and he came down to the earth. Through redemption, the giving of his own life... He was able to bring back man into harmony with God's tremendous creation. And my beloved, today the redeemed are the ones who are to lift their voices in praise. That's why the psalmist, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them say what? Let them say that I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Praise the Lord. Only the redeemed of the Lord are in tune. And the psalmist sings, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Psalm 107 verse 1 and verse 2. And my brother, if the redeemed don't say so, no one will. The Lord Jesus Christ has brought back man into a redemptive and right relationship with his creator and redeemer, so that man can lift his voice in praise and be in tune. But why are we to worship? At this point now, we move our emphasis over from you praise the Lord to praise the Lord. We move the ascend over to the verb, the verb praise. To that which is actually active Praise the Lord Very few people actually worship God, my friend There really is no such thing as public worship It was the great Christensen who put it like this The angels glorify Men scrutinize Angels raise their voices in praise Men in disputation They conceal their faces with their wings, but men with a presumptuous gaze would look into thine unspeakable glory. Oh, today, how many people actually go to church to worship God? I wonder how many people go to church for the purpose of worshiping God. Worship is divine intoxication. If you don't believe that, There is a fine illustration of it in the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost, Simon Peter got up and preached a sermon. Now, we talk a great deal about that sermon, but actually it was an explanation to the people that these spirit-filled men were not drunk. Drunkenness was not the explanation. Now, how many people would get the impression that we are intoxicated with God today? We are too sober. We need an ecclesiastical ecstasy, if you like. We need a theological thrill in this day in which we live, so that we can drink on the Spirit of God and just move, so that people can actually see and say, that one may be intoxicated, and then we will give them an explanation. The Holy Ghost is working in our lives. The Holy Spirit of God is at work. There are three words that we must associate with worship, and these three words denote an experience of human heart and the human soul as it comes into God's presence to worship. The first of these words is prostration. Now, in the Orient, people are accustomed to get down on their faces. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not contending for a posture of the body. I am not trying to insist on a posture of the body, but we do need to have our souls prostrated before God. The two prominent Bible words are the Hebrew, meaning to bow the neck, and the Greek one is proskuneo, meaning to bow the knee to God. And today we need to bow before God in heaven, my friend. The book of Revelation does not tell us much about heaven, but one thing We are sure about every time we read of someone in heaven, they are either getting down on their faces to worship God or getting up off their faces from worshiping God. And my friend, if you don't like to worship God, you wouldn't like heaven because that is the thing which they are occupied with. And that is the thing that you will do all the time, worshiping God. Most of the time they are worshipping God, prostrating themselves down before Him. Beloved, we need that today. If we will do that in heaven, we better start practicing now. When was the last time you got down on your face before God? When was the last time that you prostrated yourself before Him? Oh, it would do us good. It would deliver us from the shell in which we live. It would create within us Within our hearts, a different attitude if we would learn to prostrate our souls before God. And the second word that goes with worship is the word adoration. It is a term of endearment. There is a passion in that word. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 96 verse 9. You see, worship is a love affair. It is making love to God. Michal, the wife of David, resented this devotion to God. When King David brought the ark into Jerusalem, the record tells us, So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark to the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and willing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. This is from Second Samuel 6, verse 15 to verse 16. What happened? She despised him. Sure, she did. She discovered that David loved God more than he loved her, and that he was making love to God. Worship without love is like a flame without heat, my friend. It is like a rainbow without color. It is like a flower without perfume. Worship should have a spontaneity. It should not be synthetic, so to say. It should have an expectancy, a tenderness, and an eagerness in it. Some types of worship compare to going downtown, sitting a department store window, and holding the hand of a dummy in there. It is normal life. It has normal life in it. And it has no more vitality in it than that, by the way. Oh, to have a heart that goes out to God in adoration and in love is the greatest goal to pursue. A young fellow wrote a love letter to a girl. He waxed eloquent words and really said all kinds of things Some of them went like this. I would climb the highest mountain for you. I would swim the widest river for you. I would crawl across burning sands of the desert for you. Then he put a pierce at the end of the letter and said, If it doesn't rain Wednesday night, I will be over to see you. Well, a whole lot of so-called worship today is like that. It will not take very much to keep us away from God. Just reign. I want to talk about the last word also connected with worship. It is exaltation. And I do not mean the exaltation of God. We put God in his right place when we worship him. When you and I are down on our faces before him, we are taking the place that the creature should take before the creator. I'm not speaking here of the exaltation of God. Rather, I'm actually speaking now of the exaltation of men. Humanism, with its deadening philosophy, has been leading men back to the jungle for more than half a century, for a long time now, and we are not very far from the jungle. It is degrading to become a leckey and a menial. And think of the millions of people who get their tongues black by actually licking the boot of a dictator. Humanism did that with Hitler. They turned their backs on God. And when man turns his back on God, what will happen? He will worship man, wherever that man may be. We have seen that in all the continents of the world. It is even true on the continent of Africa. Now I want to tell you, no atheist, no agnostic has ever turned his back on God who did not get his tongue black by licking someone else's boots. There is nothing that will exalt men, there is nothing that will give men dignity, like worshiping God. My friend, worship God. And when you worship God, he will give you dignity. I worship him. He is my Lord, he is my God. I do not find it humiliating to fall down before God. What is more humiliating, my friend, is to fall down before a human being. There is nothing as exalting and as thrilling as to get down on your face before Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 9, the record tells us that Paul fell into the dust of the Damascus road, and the Lord Jesus dealt with him there. Then notice that he told him to arise, stand up on his feet. Only the Christian faith has ever lifted a man out of the dust and put him on his feet. In Revelation chapter 1, we read that John, when he was there on the island of Patmos, he saw the glorified Christ. The creature now can come to the Creator, man who has been lost in sin who has gone down and down and down, can now come up and up and up and worship Christ. My friend, it is only Jesus Christ and the worship of him that has lifted man up. He certainly lifted me up. Man is yet to be restored to his rightful place someday, and he is to be brought back into harmony with heaven. The great Psalm 150 begins With the Son of God pulling out the stop dire person. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Then the flute stop is pulled out. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Then the string stop is pulled out. Praise him with the timbre and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Then listen, my beloved, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In the beginning, God breathed life into man, soul and spirit, but man departed from God. Now there is coming a day when everything that has life, everything that has breath shall praise the Lord. Even now, in this very hour in which you and I are living, we can lift our hearts and lives to him, in adoration and praise as for me in this world i hear nothing but confusion every man is playing his own little tune but one of these days out from the wings will step the conductor the lord jesus christ and when he lifts his button out at the end of god's universe those galactic systems will burst forth into song every bed every angel And then man will join the heavenly host to sing the chorus. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbre and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud symbols, Praise Him with clashing symbols. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But in the meantime, while we are waiting for Christ's return, you and I can bow down before Him and bring our little songs into harmony with heaven. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. info at twrafrica.org.